Hey, everyone, before we get into today's episode real quick, I wanted to remind you all that my five day love thyself mini course is on sale for the month of February for $9.99. Okay, so that's $9.99. Okay, and so the purpose of this five day mini course is to help you focus on the importance of self-love after your relationship. And in this five-day course, you will receive a workbook. And in that workbook, it will include a daily affirmation, a journal prompt, and a self-love action step, five ways on what is required to love yourself deeply, seven videos, and unlimited access to the mini course for the lifetime of availability, okay? And so if you are interested, the link is down in the show notes to purchase the course. Also, please make sure that you use the coupon code love thyself, all one word, to get your discount on the course, all right? Okay, so that's all I wanted to say. We are about to tune in into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the Reinvent You podcast. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you so much for joining me this week. There's heavy awareness and a lot of conversations around relationships that involve narcissism, trauma, toxicity, unhealthiness, to even abuse, whether that's psychological, physical, or even spiritual. And these conversations are indeed necessary. They are extremely needed because it is very important to educate ourselves as well as be informed about these different types of relationships. However, this could also draw the question, well, do healthy relationships even exist? Is this something that people practice? Is it common? Or even if this is something that I can establish and even have for myself, Now, granted, nobody is perfect. However, when you've only experienced or maybe even seen relationships that are totally opposite than the healthy relationship that you desire for yourself, you could become very skeptical about either having a healthy relationship or even believing that it actually exists for you. And so when you create this belief, you can easily find yourself entertaining relationship dynamics that really aren't complementary to the quality of life that you want to obtain. You can even start to question things such as your value or even your worth due to the constant unhealthy relational patterns that you have experienced. You find yourself gravitating to only unhealthy relationships. You can develop symptoms of anxiety or even depression or possibly both. Or You may even avoid being in a relationship altogether. You might say, you know what, I'm not even interested, right? So what I decided to do today, I wanted to bring a guest on to have this conversation on do healthy relationships exist? And my guest for today is Dr. Patrice Berry. Dr. Berry is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 15 years of clinical experience. She provides outpatient therapy at her private practice for Rivers Psychological Services. She specializes in treating children, families, and adults with histories of trauma, adoption, depression, anxiety, and adjustment life stage issues. 
as a speaker. She provides educational training on mental health awareness, integrating faith and mental health, and the impact of racism on marginalized communities. She also provides educational information on social media, including TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Her TikTok is amazing. Y'all should check it out. I ain't gonna lie, I like it. That's what made me like her. I was like, I love it. I love her. I love the uniqueness. And so without further ado, thank you, Dr. Barry. I'm I'm glad um, that you're here. And I'm 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 very looking, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's really important because, like you said, people can make decisions based on their past experiences or even what they think a relationship might be. Right, right. And I I saw what made me reach out to you is because I literally saw a video that you did about do healthy relationships exist. And I said, you know, that's really a good question because we're talking about these unhealthy relationships. And then we're also saying, you know, seek for a healthy relationship. But I'm curious on if we really know what that means and what that looks like. And I said, I got to have her. That was it. And that's why I just said, I got to reach out to her. And so I would love to ask the question, how would you define a healthy relationship? I think that part is probably more important than anything else is how would you define it as being a, a, a psychologist and just working with people? I always start with no relationship is perfect. That within a healthy relationship, there's still going to be conflict. There's still going to be disagreements, but it's how do we go about managing things, especially when we have conflict, when things are going well, do I, am I allowed to be my own person? Am I allowed to fully express myself? Um, Is there a balance of control within the relationship? Because I think, And because I think things can get unhealthy when someone is trying to control the other person or we're controlling one another. And are we working out and reliving some of our past traumas within this new relationship? Um, I work with a lot of people that end up with someone a lot like a caregiver and they're slightly better. So they're slightly less controlling than what they knew growing up. And I like having this conversation because we have to talk about it's not healthy for someone, for me to have to check the person's phone all the time, that it's not particularly healthy because that undermines trust. Now, if someone's giving me a reason to not trust them, then that's, that's a different conversation. But there are times when it's not what this person is doing. It's what that last person did. And so Mm. am I able to be within this relationship versus learning something from that past relationship and looking for the signs, but it's like, no, it's, it's, it's more something within the person that, that they just feel like everyone does this thing. No one ever is monogamous if that's the type of relationship that, that, that they're looking for. And so I think being able to rewire, and we have to sometimes stop watching Hallmark movies and you know those type, those Netflix movies that are romantic comedies where things are magically fixed and the person always ends up with that one true love, that's not how life always is. And it doesn't always happen in, in the way that it happens in some of those romantic comedies. Because I think if people don't, if they haven't seen it within their parents' relationships, or if they haven't right. seen it within their friends' friendships, what we do is we look to media to see right. what does a healthy relationship look like. 
No, that's, <laughs> that's good. Um, I agree. I'm, I'm totally with that. I, I think um, letting go of the um, fantasy of, of things and, and just really getting to the, the reality of creating that, that, that healthy dynamic. What would be some characteristics um, that need to be in play to develop that level of energy? Because, um, you know, I, for some reason, I just get this feeling that we may misinterpret what the word healthy relationship means. And so I would love to know what are some characteristics, like what should a person be seeking um, in someone else and even themselves in order to develop that type of dynamic? And it's my own personal belief. I think you attract a different type of person when you are more healed. Now we're never healed all, like because in life happens within a relationship, I think, oh, I'm done. I, I moved on from this past negative thing. And then I get in a relationship and realize, oh no, like that, that trigger, that button is still there. And, and so I do think that it can be problematic going from relationship to relationship to relationship and not taking a break to do some self-development. And so I think what's really important is a person knowing who they are, because are you constantly becoming who the other person wants you to be. Cause that's devastating when that person then rejects that, or that's not even good enough. And you kind of lose yourself within that process. And so I think having some identity, knowing who you are, and then also knowing what are your non-negotiables? What are those things where it's like, Hey, if I see this, this is, I'm, I'm going to stay, stay true to this. And within life, you know, things happen and people, but I think just thinking about those things that that can sometimes help. And then is the relationship flexible? I think flexibility mm -hmm. is incredibly important because if the relationship is very rigid, what that looks like is if I don't text them back within five minutes or within the minute they text or call, then they're angry at me or they blow up at me. That's, that's a problem. Within healthy relationships, I should be able to grow and change. And so I'm not going to be the person I was within a long-term relationship we, we should be growing and changing. We're not going to be exactly the same, but if a person tries to keep you in, in their box, keep you within a certain, I don't know, personality style, whatever it is, if you're not able to grow as a person, I think that can be problematic for me personally. It's really important that the person be open to emotions and have some emotional intelligence so that there isn't that, gaslighting. There isn't that if there is an emotional response that it's not like, oh, emotions are for crazy people or because I hate that word anyway, that the person allows you to have a full emotional expression, but that you don't take your emotions out on that person. <laughs> it's like, okay, right. I can have emotions and I can manage them within a conflict. I might need to step away for a minute and calm down. And then we're able to come back and we either talk about it or we agree. Yeah, that was a little petty. We can both move, move on from here. And so I just think that there's that communication. I think communication is incredibly important within, within relationships. And cause often we hurt the people that are the closest to us. Mm, really? In my experience, wow. often the people mm -hmm. that 
see, cause I know people that they'll go to work and work doesn't know that they have a temper, you know, go to <laughs> yeah. church, go every, but home. Oh, different kids story. know. Mm-hmm. And I just think, so that whole series about relationships, it came out of talking about that. There are times that within families, things can be really rigid and that within healthy families, we're able to be ourselves within mm-hmm. our community, within our family, but that I don't have to be something for this person because relationships can get a little codependent. A good friend of mine defines codependence as over-functioning in their life and under-functioning in mine. So I work with a lot of people that try to fix the other person or that try to make them okay, or they come in and try to save the person. And, and then, you know, that person may end up going off and being with someone else, or I get, there might end up being a problem later. No, that's, man, that's good. That's, that's, (laughs) that's really good. Um, Yeah. Being that rescuer is, uh, is, I I see that a lot um, in in quite a few people. Um, Okay. So when we say healthy relationships, right, can that also be misinterpreted as believing that things such as having disagreements to even like your partner hurting your feelings is unhealthy, right? Because I, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, the fantasy and the reality, right? So I want to talk about that because what I don't want to do and this could be also maybe a personal opinion of mine. I think we can overly use words like narcissism, toxicity, and you're literally shaking your head. Yes. Like, so, and I'm like, and I'm not a therapist, but I see it so much where I'm like, I don't want just because somebody maybe does something that doesn't necessarily mean they're toxic. And so we automatically think that this isn't a healthy relationship. So is that Is that something you see a lot or people may misinterpret that a lot? I I completely agree. I'm very careful about when I do videos on social media about narcissism to say that narcissism is a range so that people, so somebody can have a few narcissistic traits if that, but that doesn't mean that they have full-blown narcissist, like that doesn't mean that they have the personality disorder. Like there's a range with, with narcissism and that some people, because a true narcissist cannot take feedback at all. And I have met a few people that likely fit criteria for the personality disorder. And, um, but I think it's talked about in a very broad way that gets people's attention, but I think it can make people cut off. So, oh, we had a disagreement. You're a narcissist. No, (laughs) you know, you didn't agree with me. So that means you're toxic. No. And so I like how you talked about how there's going to be conflict. I've hurt. I've been married for, oh my gosh, I think going on eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have hurt my, my partner's feelings before and it wasn't intentional. And, but within a healthy relationship, you're able to apologize and repair and hopefully right. work towards not doing it again. You're, you're able to adjust. And then I think it's really important that people not complain about stuff that they knew, like the person, you knew that person was messy. Like they didn't somehow, mm. they didn't change. <laughs> right. Like, like there's some <laughs> things that we, cause often 
we don't marry ourselves. We don't end up in, in a partnership with ourselves. We normally end up with somebody that is, we each have our own strengths and weaknesses. And so my, my partner is the much more clean one. He puts things back exactly where they go. I'm the one, the bread might end up, you know, over by the toaster. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one that's a little bit more, more like that. Um, when I cook, I make a huge mess. And when he cooks, like he like does one thing at a time and cleans everything <laughs> up. And so like, we are different, but we accept and appreciate each other's differences. I don't right, try right. to make him be like me. And he doesn't try to make me be like him. Mm, that's good. No, that's good. I, I really wanted to ask that question so bad because I, I see it being used. Um, and like you said, it gets a lot of attention um, and it does need to be a conversation. But I also believe it can be um, overly used in ways where I don't think people really get the true definition of it. And so that's why I wanted to address that question. Um what is your observation when it comes to a dynamic where let's just say one person is more on the side of the healthier approach, right? To a relationship where they, they want to talk, they want to work things out intelligently. They care. They may lead with a level of empathy, but then you have the other person in the relationship who's more on the extreme side where they're quite the opposite. Will that work? And I think it's what the person's willing to accept. Mm, and if you accept good. it, but to think about, could I do this forever? Could mm -hmm. I forever be the healthier person? Because let's say they know that other person doesn't believe in therapy. They're not going to go for marriage, you know, counseling or support. They're not going to do a workbook or read a book that this person might be stuck. And so, because often I think people get into a relationship and think, oh, they're going to change. Oh, once we have kids. Oh, once this happens. If I love them this. enough. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Y'all ought to see her faces, but she's, I guess this is stuff you hear all the time. Like if I love them enough, then it will. Yeah. And the thing is, I think change has to come from within. So if that person changes for you, and I've worked with people that the person changed for them, but guess what? When it didn't work out, they went back. I call it going back to, to default. Like the person went back to exactly how, how they, how they were before. It wasn't a long lasting change. A mm. long lasting change comes from within. It's something that I decide. I look at it and I see, Ooh, that's a problem. I need to work on that. I need to make sure that I'm not doing that. Cause I like how you talked about, I think we have to realize am I the toxic person? Like, am, is a little bit of this, am I bringing some toxicity to this situation? Because it's a real big red flag to me if you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, this is what was wrong with that person. And this is what was wrong with that person. And, oh my gosh, this is what was wrong with that person. And if you ask them, oh, so like, what would you do different? Or what kind of, what did, what did, how did you add to that, to that dynamic? And like, oh, I was, I did nothing. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's likely not true. So within psychology, we talk about pursuer distancer. And that's a very common dynamic within relationships where one person is running after the person and the other person is running away. And the more the pursuer runs after them, the faster the other person, like the more distance the other person needs. And often what's needed is you need to, the, the distancer needs to approach, the distancer needs to come because there's often anxiety or there's normally 
some thing, something that's getting in the way of that person, like they're um, avoiding the emotions of getting close or something's happening for the distancer. But also that pursuer is like, I have to finish this conversation now. You can't walk out of my presence. We have to finish this now. That that the pursuer needs to take a breath and not pursue as much and give the other person time to, to approach. And yeah. Wow. No, you said something that I actually would love to go back and revisit just, you know, we can actually be the the unhealthy person too, especially when, you know, I, I keep attracting the, the same type of person just in a different package. And I want to kind of address that because this is now a pattern. And I think this is the part where most people um, get this misunderstanding that, okay, I'm just going to go into another relationship and we're just going to ride into the sunset. And that's just not realistic when your pattern, your relational pattern is very, very similar. What is important for people to unlearn um, to embrace a healthy relationship? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Dr. Barry, I'm an advocate of like working on yourself before you get into another relationship, Um, especially even if they're not constant relationships you've been in it could have been one that you've been in for years um that exchange of energy can be very unhealthy and it can leave residue and so what is important for people to unlearn because you know when we say these I want a healthy relationship like that sounds great to say it but to to actually embrace it Um, And also like not run away from it, because if you've never had it, you can easily self-sabotage. Some things that are really important for me is people not getting verbally aggressive with one another during conflict and verbal aggression is just yelling, screaming, you know, threat, threatening to leave if I'm not going to do it. Because sometimes people will threaten within relationships and those that that can be sometimes a learned pattern that, oh, if I do this, the person then stays. Or if if I have this big, the only time they pay attention to my emotions is when they get really big. And um, I think being able to express some of those needs and to find healthier outlets. So I believe in couples having rules of engagement, having an agreement like, hey, this this is how we are and are not going to engage with 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 one another. We're not bringing up something from 10 years ago because either I need to make a decision about what happened 10 years ago or we need to find a way to to move forward. Um, And 10 years ago, because with some couples I've worked with, it was, you know, leaving towels on, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a major, it wasn't a major thing. Um, And, and also just making sure that within relationships that we're taking time to communicate our needs. So that that's something that's really common. I see people wanting their partner to anticipate their needs. Mm-hmm. Like I coughed. I want you to anticipate that I want water. You didn't bring me water. So the story I'm telling myself is you don't care about me. Right. You no. have to challenge these beliefs seriously because no, I, I'm yeah, absolutely. And so just the other day, something, something I asked my partner and now, and everything you asked for, you're not going to get. 
So if I say, hey, are you able, this is what I'm needing from you. And the person says, oh, like this is what's on my plate. Because sometimes we don't know what the other person is really dealing with. Like we look at them and we say, oh, they're just watching football. They're not doing anything. And I don't, and then, and if I, because then we're over here getting mad and they don't even know the other person, <laughs> or they're just like, oh, like. They're just, they're just mad. They don't like it when I watch football, but it's like, no, you're ignoring me. Or like the person is having this whole dialogue by themselves and they haven't communicated. I really like some more one-on-one time. So on Sundays, on the big, you know, game days, can we set aside some, some time or during halftime or something, or so being able to communicate those things, I think that can be really helpful. Mm. Yeah, just learning how to effectively communicate. Oh, I, oh, I, I like that. Um, I would like to ask you just a, a personal question um, when it comes to healthy relationships. Was that something that you had to cultivate in, in your life? Um, would you say that you grew up in an environment where this type of energy existed or was it something that you had to create yourself? So I'm extremely thankful that my mom did not stay with my dad. I love wow. my dad. Uh, they, there, there were, they were pretty toxic and I, they divorced, you know, shortly after I was born. Um, and my mom has never spoken a negative word about, about my dad. She encouraged Mm -hmm. our relationship. Um, we traveled separate. My dad was in the air force. And, um, so I grew up, I was raised mostly by, by, by my mom and I would visit my dad. He was in the air force every like five to six years or so. And something that I had to grow in was um, because my dad remarried about two years, maybe a year or two after. um, um, uh, And um, and I had to grow through because sometimes we have some daddy wounds or some mama wounds. And so I had to heal some of those early parental wounds of feeling abandoned or feeling. And and he didn't like my mom was the one who was like, uh uh. I, I can't do this. This isn't healthy for me. And, um, and because sometimes we think staying together for the kids is the best thing for them, but it's only best if, if the two people are going to be cordial, <laughs> like it's not good if there's a whole bunch of toxicity. Um, cause I think if they, if they had stayed together, I would have had a, an image of an unhealthy dynamic between them. Um, so like my stepmom, my mom, like we all get along and like, we have this, this, this good relationship. Um, I have two brothers and, and a sister, um, with my dad and stepmom. And, um, but I had to heal some things in me of, cause there were those times, the story I told myself wasn't true of thinking, why didn't he stay for me? Or like, there were just some things that, that I had to deal with for myself. Um, growing up, I didn't date a lot. Like, and I'm a spiritual person. I feel like God was just like, uh, uh-uh, she got enough daddy issues. If you add some more relationship issues, like she's just going to be a mess. I don't <laughs> know. Like, so, um, so I was able to do a lot of personal development and even, um, within my, my own relationship. Now we were actually set up by a, by a family friend. And, um, cause I used to joke that my picker was broken. Like the people I liked didn't like me, the ones that liked me, I didn't like them. And, um, but I always took feedback. So there were close people around me that would say that would kind of, that were trustworthy. Cause you can't listen to everybody. <laughs> cause sometimes yeah, like there are some people that are drawn to chaos that are drawn to drama, but I had healthy people around me that could say, 
I watch out for this if I was talking to someone and they kind of noticed some things. Um, But it was something that I had to cultivate for myself. I read a lot of books. um, And then um, I tried therapy when I was in grad school. It wasn't the right fit. Um, And then after we were married for a few years, I went back to therapy and that greatly improved our, our, our relationship because I had some things that I needed to work on um, just to show up and be a better me. Um, Cause I think that's what people sometimes don't realize is that relationships don't fix things. Mm. Relationships don't. So if somebody is broken single, or if you're lonely single relationships, don't make you less single because there are people that end up with someone and they still feel single with someone right by or feel lonely with somebody right beside them, which is worse, mm-hmm. I think, than like mm-hmm. physically alone. I get why I'm, why I'm lonely. But, um, but I think being able to talk about and address some of those past wounds and, and then if there have been past relationships, because I've seen people punish this new partner for things the last person did or mm. things this other person did. Like, oh, because of this, you can never go out with your friends. <laughs> but like not something this person has done. Like that was something that the other person did. Right. Wow. No, that's uh, that's um, that's really good. I, I love that. Um, how do you know if you're in a healthy relationship? And the reason why I say this is because it, it all goes back to what you said earlier about the, the fantasy. Um, like realistically. If we can just eliminate the, the the media, the movies and focus on like what is in front of me and what energy is being exchanged on a daily basis. What are some examples of signs indicating that this is more of a, a healthier um, version of a relationship for people? Because I think people need to do an audit, you know, and so I would love to hear from you, like what what could be some things for people to pay attention to on whether or not if they're in a healthy relationship. To me, a healthy relationship, it's two people choosing one another every single day. Mm. To me, relationships have choice and I choose to be here and I want to be here. And because there will be days that the person doesn't, even in the best of relationships, best of like best of best of marriages, best because your intimate partner knows parts of you that you that you never even knew. Um, I've heard a pastor describe relationships as mirrors, that relationships show you parts of yourself that you didn't even see. And so even within within myself, within within my own relationship, my partner shows me, oh, you need to take a break. You you mm. work a little too much. <laughs> you need yeah. to just learn how to be just not be on your phone, not do things. And those are things I have to actively do. And, and, um, and so I think within, within healthy relationships, we are growing together and there might be times and periods where things get difficult. So difficulty is different than like the relationship isn't safe. Oh, could we talk about that? Because I want to make sure that we understand that it kind of goes into saying the we can misinterpret healthy as never any problems or perfection. So what, you know, how would a person be able to differentiate between difficulty versus like, no, this is just straight up unhealthy. And so there are major times 
grief, a couple managing grief, that is something that can bring up difficulty. Uh, Starting like living together, um, making a long-term commitment, having children, uh, different transitions in, in our lives that can bring up difficult moments and, but it's how do we handle and manage that? And so, and I think people sometimes need, need space. So the person isn't always going to be an excellent communicator. There are going to be times that people get it, get it wrong, but how do we move forward and are we open? So I'm a big believer if things are pretty, are getting pretty rough, and both people are committed to the relationship working, being open to getting outside consult from a marriage therapist or from um, sometimes a pastoral, sometimes churches or different areas can have somebody that's available to speak into to relationships. Um, but that safety, so emotional safety, which I think is, we talk about physical safety, but feeling emotionally safe is that you can know my darkest secret and you won't use it against me. And when I say Mm -hmm. secret, it's like, so I, my husband never tells me you're just like your, like, so there are, there are language, there are things we can do that we know um, because the relationship is a team. We're not, Mm -hmm. so there's no win, lose. It's either a lose, lose or a win, win. Cause I've Mm -hmm. seen people attack each other because when there's conflict, you can immediately view the other person as, as your enemy and you know, every, every person in a relationship, they know that one thing they can say to win, to quote unquote, win the argument, Absolutely. but it's choosing to not know I'm not going to, I'm going to walk. Ooh, I feel, <laughs> ooh, I need to walk away. I need to yes. go. So I clean. That's what I do when I'm kind of in my head trying to figure out was this, I need to figure out, okay, is this this situation or is this something else? Am I just stressed? Because also just being overstressed can make you more agitated by things and by and by people. And and so just being able to um, because you ask for those signs and because I think there there needs to be that that choice. Um, I've gotten concerned for some people that I've worked with when they were afraid for their safety, if they ever did leave. I think that's a problem. I, I think, I think that there should be some level of, we want to do this together. And, um, and then also, uh, like I said, that people are, are also agreeing to not to be on the same team and, and work with one another and then lastly, that we don't bring other people that don't need to be in it into the argument. Because sometimes what happens within relationships, if I, if I go and tell my mom something that I'm frustrated with, with, with my partner, and then I go back, she's going to be like, oh, but wait, didn't he? Wait a minute, didn't? <laughs> and so there's something that I think do need to stay as long, because we're not talking about, we're talking about minor, you know, like it's not, it's not anything major that that your best friend might need not not need to know everything right thing, about right. the relationship mm-hmm. and um because i think sometimes venting there's a thin line between just venting and then just it's called trauma dumping where i just to this unsuspecting person i'm just going blah and dumping all my pain onto them and i feel better but then they're left like feeling like so emotional concerned. dumping grounds right 
Absolutely. That I I have to be careful. So before I share, it's like, wait a minute, is this going to change how that person views my partner? Or you know that your one family member cannot stand your partner. (laughs) So if you go and tell them, Right. Like they're going to, Oh, you should like, they, they are not going to give you sound counsel. And so just knowing who, and then please don't put everything on social media, please, God, please, please do not like some things I think should be private and people, um, because then all of your online friends are involved and they don't understand why the person went back. And so just, having some level of, of privacy, I think can also really be helpful. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. I, I love that. Um, I know you, you said that earlier that some people just like chaos. Some people like conflict. It's almost as if, if it's not confrontational, I don't even want it. And with that being said, do you believe that some people just truly don't want healthy relationships. I mean, it sounds great, but it can also feel wrong. If if you understand what I'm saying, like, cause that person who really wants to embrace the healthy side or really um, come into a relationship with a healthy approach, they're totally opposite than what you've experienced. Um, can some people just really not be interested? The way that I talk about it, in when I'm working with people is that sometimes the brain can get addicted to chaos, mm-hmm. but it's a subconscious thing. It's not mm-hmm. anything that person will ever admit. So if you tell them you're addicted to chaos, they'll be like, no, you're the chaos. You're the, you know, like they won't really admit it because if I grew up in a very chaotic environment early on and never found a way to repair some of that emotional, because the brain will rewire itself to survive. We are wired to survive. And so if I'm in a chaotic environment, I need to pay attention to every little thing. I Tone of voice becomes incredibly important because that might've kept me safe, being aware of all of those things. Or maybe me getting a parent mad might've kept me safe from, or kept another parent safe or sibling safe from some other type of negative event. And so I think sometimes those early experiences are just kind of people that have been in just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, the brain can, can get, get used to that. And I've had some people describe it that a good relationship or healthy relationship actually feels boring. Mm, yeah. Let's, ooh, yeah. Let's, um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. But I, yeah, we can, we can go there because when I'm used to having a partner that, cause people can self-sabotage relationships too, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's really important to be aware of, okay, in a conflict, what's my go-to? Am, am I responding in a healthy way? And nobody's going to always be perfect with it. Like I said, we all have, have our own things, but are things happening that are increasing the likelihood of that thing that I don't want? So I worked with people that didn't want their partner to leave, but they're yelling, screaming, cussing, calling them all kinds of names. That person isn't going to stay for that. Like they're, they're going to 
walk away, go for a drive. But that, that wasn't what that person wanted. And so we had to work on, okay, when you feel yourself starting to get upset, you need to walk away and you need to just get to a, a healthier space because um, it was almost automatic. If the anger got over a certain point, they just defaulted to to um, to things that would that we knew would sabotage that that relationship. And um, and so I I know situations um, where the person was being faithful, but the other person was constantly accusing them of. And the person wasn't like there was like there was no infidelity, but the, the person had had multiple partners that had um, been unfaithful. And so mm. um, and so that re- that healthier relationship didn't work. Um, and so that's where I love how you and I both talked about how I have to heal some of those places. And I had someone describe this earlier where because we use the word trigger a lot, too, mm-hmm. but Um, just defining what a trigger is, because if I have a wound on my arm, an open wound, and I pour lemon juice on it, that's going to hurt. But if that wound has healed and scabbed over and everything, and I pour lemon juice on it, it's most likely, let's say it's been healed for a while, that same wound that's healed, it's not going to have a reaction, but it can be reopened. So if I hit it up against something and it reopens and then some lemon juice comes on it. So there's, it's not the lemon juice. (laughs) It's, it's, it's the wound and making sure to heal some of those places. Um, And especially within communities of color, I think we haven't always been open to talking about mental health and things that, Mm -hmm. that aren't okay. Um, A lot of things have been justified. Oh, people just do this or you got to live. I've I've had people get very bad advice from from family members and friends that they were in toxic situations and they were trying to keep this person in toxic situations, too. So that's why I mentioned being careful who you who you go to. Oh, yes, this is good. Um, (laughs) He said that some people think healthy relationships are boring. (laughs) Um, let's go there. Um, because I want to, I want to go there because, and and the reason why I want to go there, and I've said this before that, and and they're often defined as nice, right? (laughs) You know, I don't don't like the nice people. And I'm like, okay, let's, 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 let's not, you know? And so what happens is when people say that, like, it's boring, I I want to kind of just bring, I I, want to discuss this a little bit more where, we have to realize that when you want something that's more stable and consistent, that it's going to be different than what you've had before. And so it seems to be boring when it's, when it's, when it's actually fine. I, I don't know. Let's, I just, I want to hear from you. Like what, what is your, what is your stance on that? I think it's because a person has to redefine what it means to be loved. Cause I've mm. worked with people that thought, if you're not jealous of me talking to someone else, like just having a conversation, if you're not jealous of someone looking at me in the store, then you don't love me. Like I have to redefine what does it mean to love me? Because within, within a healthy relationship, now the person might get a little like, oh, you know, I don't want that person looking at my, but they're not going to threaten that person. And like, <laughs> it's not going to become this big thing right. or they're not going to grab me and look at me. You know, why is he looking at you? I, I can't control his eyes. What do you mean? Right. And so um, just redefining, okay, wait a minute. So love isn't 
that like the person really has to go through some some personal work of what does it mean to be safe be stable to have to not have to constantly worry you know about the other person's mood and if they were going to be in a good place or not and and um not being you know the other person letting you have your emotions and wanting to support and be there uh not you know, the person not asking for money on a second date. Like, so like there are people that they've just become so used to toxicity. And we, we said, cause we don't want to overuse it, but like some things are definitely toxic. Right. And um, that, that a person that, you know, does have a stable job and that does have a good relationship with their family that sometimes the other person can feel like they don't fit in within that, like their family or their life or their experiences that, that they don't fit in with, within that. Mm. Wow. That's, that's really good. Um, Do you think attraction also plays a part in that too? Um, and when I say attraction, sometimes we could be maybe used to a certain type, but that healthy relationship may come in a different package, not saying that this person is unattractive. It just may mean that the type that you visualize is, is different. Um, do you think sometimes we confuse type as far as the physical appearance, um, with the character? of a, of an individual. And the way that I'll answer that is what I've sometimes seen is people accept a whole lot of stuff because he was cute because Mm -hmm. she was cute Mm -hmm. because so really not even their attraction, but within that, that relationship that it can be harder to walk away from someone. When I do feel this physical connection, when things are good physically, but not but outside of the bedroom or outside of any other space, it's, it's not, or, um, to me, physical intimacy, physical intimacy. Cause some people are like, Hey, if things aren't exactly how I want the very first time, then it's just not, not, not the right person to me. Physical intimacy is about that communication and are we willing to grow and learn together and, um, and how responsive is the partner, you know, within those intimate situations as well. Um, and so, um, I've, I've seen people get, and, and that's maybe where that flexibility comes in that we were talking about earlier, right. that what if he's not six, whatever, what if she's not this, or what if they're not whatever, and I think that sets up a healthier dynamic. So my partner likes my hair short. I love my hair long. So I wear it long. <laughs> it's been short a few times within our relationship because I wanted it to be short. Uh, my partner does not mention when I gain weight. Uh, he can mention if I lose weight, but like he normally doesn't. And so, but like, but I have seen on social media a lot of uh, just toxic things where the person was like, oh, if the partner gains more than a certain number of pounds, then they're not going to be with them. Like that's, that's, that's not particularly healthy. Mm. Wow. No, that's, no, that's good. Now I know you have a book, you have a book called turning crisis into clarity, how to survive or thrive 
in the midst of an, of uncertainty. And I definitely wanted to highlight your book. Um, what does your book put a lot of emphasis on um, based on the chapter and the subtitle? Yes. And so we, we're all going to go through things right. in life. There's no way we're all going to go through things. And I wrote the book right in the middle. I was thinking by the time it came out that, cause it came out in June of 2021, I was thinking that we would have been, the pandemic would be further behind us and yeah. it's not completely behind us. And so, but it's not written only with that in mind, just when things happen, when obstacles come, because I think a lot of times we give power to the storm and don't realize that I can make adjustments to make it through safely and to possibly even thrive in, in the midst of it. So the book is broken down into two parts where the first part is just about surviving. Let's just get through this obstacle, this difficult thing. Let's just get through it. And then also thriving because thriving is because of what I went through, I'm now better. I now can help other people maybe not get into the same situation. I'm able to turn that pain into purpose. And that's a lot of what I, I go over. And people call it a resource. I and, I and I wrote it at a level that was just very relatable um, because that's how I talk. That's how I talk with, with my clients. And because um, I've gotten some feedback that other books on similar topics were kind of written at a very scholarly level and the person really didn't get much out of it. And so I try to use real life examples of walking away from a full-time job in March of 2020. And that's why I launched my full-time practice that um, I had worked for the same agency uh, since 2005. And wow. uh, walking away from them in 2020, that that was extremely hard, but it was one of the best things I ever could have done. I wouldn't even be here with you if I still was at that full-time position um, because mm -hmm. there was just, there was, there was just so much work and I had to be very careful about what I said and didn't say out in public. I wouldn't be on social media if I hadn't left. And so um, just that sometimes out of a difficult thing. And I walked away because schools closed and I, my job went away um, and they offered me another position, but that position was going to require me to be on call 24 seven. And for my work-life balance, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to that mm -hmm. and really just felt called to, to launch. And I'm so grateful I did. Mm, no, that's good. I'm glad you did too, um, because you have a lot of people to reach. And I'm an advocate for therapy um, because I, I work with clients who go through divorces and relationships and, you know, just, again, reinventing their life. Therapy is something I promote very heavily. And I think sometimes people might fear it because they may not think they're here and maybe they don't really understand. But um, and, and I don't know, that could be the case for maybe some, not all for sure. And um, but I'm glad that you are you brought that to the media because this is the stuff we need to hear. This is the stuff we need to understand um, from someone who um, you've been doing this for 15 years and your delivery is what attracted me. Right. And that was just off one video. So I was like, I got to bring her on. I, and um, your book, y'all need to get that book um, because I, I do believe that the storm, there's a season of storms 
And, and sometimes we make seasons be cycles yes. where it becomes, you know, it becomes our pattern and our norm. And we still got this dark cloud over us. Yes. And, go ahead. <laughs> and I think it's when people stop because mm. sometimes in the storm, people stop and the storm didn't move, but like, so the person didn't, cause we have to move through it Absolutely. And, and not at the same. Cause like, if it's not raining, I'm going to go a little faster than when it's raining, but just to, to keep moving through it. And I don't think we always teach people or talk with people about how, um, because sometimes the way that I got through things when I was younger, I might, I, I need to learn something new. I'm almost 40. I need to learn something new for this, for this next chapter that to do things in a healthier way that I can't do what my mama did, what my grandmama did. I might have to do something a little different. No, no, absolutely. I, I think being open to something new, um, that's what literally changed me. Um, not being so caught up in how things have always been. And I've always been this way. But if it doesn't work and if it's not birthing the results that you want to see in your life, you got to be willing and open to, to change. So I love that. I just have one more question because I know we're pressed for time. Um, I know someone is probably listening right now and is doing an audit right, of maybe their previous relationships and seeing a pattern of similar characteristics that aren't healthy, okay? What would, would your advice be to this person before they get into another relationship? Just make sure to find purpose and meaning outside of being in a relationship. So mm. I have purpose and meaning outside of being a mom, outside of being a, a psychologist, outside of being a wife, outside of all of those things, because I think sometimes people are drawn because I think in our society, we elevate marriage, we elevate having children, we elevate certain things and people feel left behind or like they're not good enough or they there's something wrong with them if they haven't gotten certain things. And also to remember that every relationship that didn't work to just say, thank you, <laughs> because that you did not end up in a forever situation with something that, that was not, that was not good for you. Um, on, on social media, someone said, Hey, if you are 35 and you're still not married, you avoided your, your first divorce. And I just, I laughed so hard when I heard that because I think often, we do, we, we're striving for this thing so much, but am I trying to get something or do I want a relationship so that it can fill me or do I have something I want to give? Do I have something that I, am I giving from my abundance? Because if I'm getting into a relationship out of a place of my lack outside of, um, cause I joke a little. So when my partner and I were dating, he thought about like, he was deciding when he wanted to propose. And I told him if he was going to wait another year, I was going to go to England. Like I was going to go travel. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to go live my life <laughs> because, um, and he was like, mm. and so he made his decisions. We're together, but just to continue to live your life, pursue your things, that relationships shouldn't somehow stop that. To me, the right relationship amplifies who you are and mm -hmm. it helps you grow and become something even better. Mm, I love that answer. I love that. That 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 right there. That's it. Finding purpose outside of your relationship. That's that's important. Um, because that changes a lot in you know 
in how you do relationships. Oh, I, I love it. How can people find you, Dr. Barry? So I am at Dr. Patrice Barry across all platforms and check me out on YouTube, TikTok. I do a little stuff on Instagram, but um, thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure to connect. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for just, you know, being a, a good resource um, for people and just spreading your knowledge um, to us is, is very much appreciated. And thank you again. And you take care. There was a lot of gems that were literally dropped on this episode, okay? And the reason being is because there's a lot of talk about unhealthy relationships, toxic relationships. And one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that being informed and getting educated on these things are very important. However, in getting educated, what we don't want to do is create the narrative that everybody's toxic and everything that someone does, oh my God, this is a, this is unhealthy and they're toxic. And I I don't want that, that relationship. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely signs to indicate whether something is unhealthy and toxic, but what we want, don't want to do is create a, um, a false truth that everyone else is, or everyone is, I'm sorry. And I, I truly hope that this episode brought some level of awareness in your life to do an audit of the relationship patterns that you may have found yourself in to even some of your relational patterns from your upbringing, right? What did we see growing up that could have, um, allowed us to entertain relationships that weren't to the best of our well-being, okay? And have we become that person to display a level of unhealthiness that is giving us results that we don't want relationally, all right? So again, all her information is in the show notes. So if you want to follow her, please head over to her social media platforms, purchase her book, all of that will be down in the show notes. Okay. So please make sure that you are following me on my social media platforms. My Instagram and Facebook is Miss Tanya Speaks. That's M S T O N Y A S P E A K S. Also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the next podcast episode will drop. Also, this particular interview was video recorded as well. So it is on my YouTube. So if you want to watch the video format of this, head over to my YouTube as well. It is Tanya Carter, Miss Tanya Speaks. You can find me over there and also leave a review. If you know this podcast has been influential on your journey of healing and personal growth and development, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would definitely appreciate it. And last but definitely not least, share this information, okay? We share everything else. And if you know someone who um, could benefit from this episode, just share it to them. Say, hey, you know what? This was a really good episode. And, you know, just based on what we've talked about and what you shared with me, I think this will be a good episode for you to tune into, all right? So thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week, and I will see you next time. (laughs) 